Hi everyone, before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we recorded most of our Luke Cage rewinds before the resurgence in Black Lives Matter protests after the killings of George Floyd and countless others. As you probably know, the Luke Cage series goes deep into the kinds of racism faced by Black people every day. As hosts who are not Black, we have not covered it as well as we should have, but we are trying to get better. We stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement, so our non-discussion of the issue in these episodes comes from uh, recording before the tragedies and not ignoring the issues. Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. And I'm Tony Camarena. And before we start rewinding another episode today, uh, we want to ask you to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore Rewind. And if you can uh, pretty please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app, that would be awesome. It's only like a 20-minute process for you to figure out uh, how to actually give us a rating but once you do that it'll make our day like we'll we'll smile and all that stuff anyway uh you can also tell your friends to subscribe to our show that'd be great you're really selling that yeah (laughs) yeah i know uh anyway let's go on and talk about uh today's topic so we are continuing our rewind of season one of luke cage we are on episode five just to get a rep which originally premiered september 30th 2016 and, as usual, here's our not-IMDb summary, because I almost flashed back to, like, months ago. <laughs> A brief rundown of the episode, in one minute or less. After getting fired from the hospital in Daredevil, Claire arrives in Harlem to visit her mother. She decides that it is her calling to help power people. Cottonmouth begins to squeeze the people of Harlem to make up for his lost cash, blaming Luke in an effort to turn the neighborhood against him. Luke uh, fights back, helping defend the people uh, and return their property. Luke confronts Cornell to demand uh, that he stops this, and Shades recognizes him as Carl Lucas. Shades tells Stokes uh, about a new weapon that could kill Cage. Stokes uh, decides to steal the weapon from the failed deal and sell them to get the money for to buy these Judas bullets, in quotes. Scarf takes uh, the weapons from the police evidence, but does not deliver them to Cottonmouth. The episode ends with Pop's funeral, where Luke and Cottonmouth try to gain support from the people of Harlem. Alright. Alright. 56 seconds, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, I actually don't... I'm timing these out, so that's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I did not time mine for next week, and I'm looking at it like, ah, oh, great, this is a little bit on the, the high end. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to our fast facts. On your left. Uh-huh. On my left. Got it. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. You didn't see that coming? All right, Tony, All right, did Al. you know that the oldest your mom joke was discovered on a 3,500-year-old Babylonian tablet? Uh, do you have that d- tablet? or Do you have what was written on it by any chance? I want to hear it. 
I do not. Um, but now that you bring it up, I would like to hear that also. You know, it's probably one of those things like, you know, now in our current culture, we're so in and like we, we just get so many jokes and things all the time um, that, you know, the first year mom joke was probably like like a two page thing just to set up at the end as something about your mom. And it's like barely even funny. Probably doesn't even translate that well. Well, I mean, you said it was from 3,500 years ago? Or how old yeah. was it? Yeah, 3,500. I mean, they probably just invented writing. So they probably don't have that many adjectives. <laughs> so it's probably pretty straight up. Okay. It's probably pretty basic. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was a good fast fact. Do you have any fast facts to go with this episode? No, I do not. Okay. Well... <laughs> I do. Uh, the title of this episode, uh, Just Get a Rep, is about just getting a reputation. Also, it's the name of a song by from Gangstar's Step Into the Arena, which is the name of last week's episode, I think, or two weeks ago, Step Into the Arena. Um, it also, you know, connects to Cottonmouth saying he won't sell the club because his club is his reputation. So... Um, we also get the a little bit about the Judas Bullet, which is made by Hammer Industries, based on alien metal, assuming probably Chitari metal, because I don't know what other metal Hammer Hammer would have access to. Yeah, I'm trying to think about it. Like the only other alien stuff I think we've seen so far, or that we know of so far, would have been um, Asgardian, and there's no way they've gotten anything Asgardian. Asgardian and possibly Kree, because we know that uh, Captain Marvel took place before this, in the 90s. Yeah, that's true. That was... But I was... Feel... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like that that felt very localized, like that didn't mm -hmm. make its way out there. Other people didn't like get their hands on that technology or that kind of stuff, I assume, but... Yeah, I, I feel... Mm -hmm. I agree. I feel like the only one widely av available is Chitauri Metal. Yeah. Because, I mean, or, that just got all over the place, which we see at the beginning of uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Like, they're, yeah. like, cleaning all that up, so. Yeah, and then that was that one shot, um, was it item 37 or whatever it was, where the people had that gun? Oh, that's right, yeah. Completely yeah. forgot about that. All right, and then, uh, yeah, the last uh, one I have is about Mr. Dapper Dan. Not the guy who, uh, from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, which is his hair gel, which I don't even know if that's real. But Dapper Dan is a real guy. He was a, fa a fashion designer uh, who became popular in the 80s. And kind of, according to Wikipedia and Google, he, like, uh, pioneered a thing called gangs Gangster Chic, which is, like, the style that Cottonmouth uses and Scarface did in the 80s and... Uh, the Godfather Part Three, where it's like you can still still you're a criminal, but you look good while you're doing it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, For, you know it, it's weird. Like I feel like that name, like is is kind of known. Like I I feel like I recognize the name Dapper Dan, but I, I wasn't sure if it was like named after a real person or if it's just two words that sound really well like together. That um like. It's just a name that keeps getting used by things. Yeah, I'm. I don't know because, well, he's a real person, but I think he <laughs> took his name from something else. Um, like I have you ever seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou? 
No, I haven't. Uh, well, it takes place in the 30s. It's a comedy about three guys who escaped prison and are on the run. Okay. And George Clooney's character is a real, um, uh, real conceited about his looks. And he's the whole time he's looking for Dapper Jan, Dapper Dan, like hair gel or whatever you call it back then. Oh, okay. So that's what I know Dapper Dan from before this. So I'm thinking that's probably a real thing or at least a real phrase because it wouldn't have showed up. He wouldn't have chosen that name and we wouldn't be familiar with it. We're not, (laughs) um, we're not exactly fashion aficionados. That is true. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready to move on to our our hero? Yeah. Mr. Cage. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for real superhero, which is, I'm not like a groupie stalker type. But... I'm Luke Cage. You can't burn me, you can't blast me, and you definitely can't break me. I am Harlem, and Harlem is me. Keep, keeping things nice and simple now um, about the hero. I'm, I'm glad we only have the one so far. I, I know we can probably put Misty in there at some point. I don't know if in this season we want to, but I'm I'm, I'm glad it's it's uh, nice and simple. Every Everyone's fitting into their categories so far. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to start with Mr. Cage? Um, well, uh, the first, I, I have a request for you, Tony. Um, yeah. If you have time, and I guess we'll already know this by now, everyone listening, um, there was a, a line in this episode uh, of a lady saying, "That's Luke Cage, asshole," and I think you should add that to the session to the to the hero intro for the section. You should do that for like the rest of the season. All right, I'll I'll, I'll make a note of it. We'll see if it works. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, it would have been happening already because I haven't edited any of these Luke Cage episodes yet as of time we're recording. Oh, so. that's right. Okay, well, so cool. we'll find out. You guys will all know whether or not. I've added that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So Luke kind of like goes off and and he's like, because basically everyone's complaining to him like, hey, Cottonmouth got angry and then they took all this money or valuable things from us. And so now he's like, great. He just fell into this situation where he has to go and like help these people. That's not what he wants to do today at all. Um, but the thing that I really wanted to bring up was, uh, I guess, kind of towards the end of that, he goes to uh, to Cottonmouth's club, uh, Harlem's mm-hmm. Paradise, and we actually see him using his fighting skills well again, right? Like we've seen him a few times where he's just he's just standing there taking the hits because he knows he's fine. Uh, but this time mm-hmm. he's actually like dodging things and like hitting people in a way that causes less damage or to the air- surrounding area. Uh, which is kind of cool. My assumption is he didn't want to ruin his suit. Yeah, every time he got a bullet hole in that suit, my heart just dropped a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, wa- I kind of wonder how much it was. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it was not cheap. No, I mean, it's a custom made by Dapper Dan, yeah. a, one of the probably only fashion designers I know by name. And by looking at him, <laughs> just because he was in this, and I watched, I rewatched this episode just a little while ago. But still, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and plus, you know, Luke isn't a, a small guy, so you know, there's there's extra materials in there too. Yeah, I I have no idea how a uh, a suit is priced. I assume 
it's based off of uh, cubic inches for the material. That, that's how that well, works. That, that would make sense. That would 100% make sense. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's got a very large suit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much everything that I really wanted to bring up about Luke specifically. So, oh, I okay. guess whatever else you, you had. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying you took some good notes. I'm disappointed in you. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I don't have as many as I thought. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the beginning of the episode um, where we weren't sure last week when he got out of the rubble uh, whether or not everyone knew he had super strength, but now he's just showing off his super strength in front of everybody when he's digging through the rubble. <laughs> Yeah, like before he could have gotten away like no, you know, I'm 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 just a big guy. I, you know, really had to push that thing over to live. So, you know, you can kind of make that case. Now he's like, no, that that's it. He's just it's just Tuesday for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's just to get a swear jar. I mean, I have a jar of that coffee here. My wife drinks it. I mean, <laughs> I could give Luke a new swear jar. He doesn't need to dig through it. <laughs> uh, well i mean there was like 20 bucks in there that's true i'm not giving him that yeah <laughs> i'm not even giving him the coffee i'm giving him an empty can <laughs> i'll let him borrow my sharpie to write swear jar on it <laughs> no um but now now everyone knows he's a hero everyone knows he's uh who luke cage is and what he can do and he ran into a problem that Tony Stark, a famous person with security and uh, secretary, never has to deal with. People actually actually coming up to him and asking him to solve their problems. <laughs> oh, God, I never thought about that. Like, I'm sure Iron Man is getting like inundated constantly with random people like, hey, can, can you do this for me? Can you fix this for me? Like, oh, God. Yeah. I mean, and he's the only one. Who would get that? I mean, just think of the original six Avengers. Uh, Cap is part of the military. You can't just call him up. Um, Thor is in space. Banner's on the run. And then the other two are secret agents. So it's like, I'm sure there's a Iron Man hotline that he promptly ignores every day. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Although, I don't know about Cap. Because, you know, we see in The Winter Soldier, he just has an apartment in like what i assume is a random place so like if he's just walking out and one of his neighbors recognizes hey wait a minute you look like steve rogers who is probably very famous you know after a handful of things like coming back to life saving the world yeah um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm sure yeah, uh, the smithsonian open although <laughs> his, yeah. his next door neighbor was sharon carter a, an agent who knows maybe the rest of the building is filled with agents <laughs> that's a good point it's it's specifically for shield like they, yep. they just they just own it the building and they just didn't tell cap when you moved in <laughs> yeah everyone yeah, else we, knows. we found this for you totally mm-hmm. well you know they probably moved him and like hey you know if you want we can we can help you with this right moving sucks uh you know things have changed in the past handful of decades uh, as far as what you want to search for, um, you know, air conditioning is pretty much standard these days. So you probably want mm. to get a place that has air conditioning. You know, central air would be better, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. 
right. Uh, I think we should move back to Luke. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, him going to solve everybody's problems. I feel like this is a slippery slope because if he even gets in here, he's either... Uh, you go out all the time and you have no rest and people are still disappointed you're not doing enough because you haven't helped them in the last five minutes. So I feel like Luke is in danger. <laughs> it's a slippery slope what Luke's doing uh, with everybody knowing and you living in that neighborhood because um, you're either not doing enough and people are mad at you or you're going out all the time taking no rest and still not doing enough because you haven't helped someone in the last five minutes. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's how you get burned out, right? Like you're just constantly doing stuff and you never feel like it's enough. Like you're, mm-hmm. there, there's always like 50 things on your to do list. And if everyone's angry about it, like, you know, the people who haven't been helped yet. then Yeah, that's it's really going to like mess with you, you know, psychologically. Yeah, that's probably I mean, why I... Daredevil keeps his identity a secret. He thought ahead. Well, I mean, that's that's the way to do it, is to keep your identity <laughs> secret, or you join a, a super team that have their own uh, base in upstate New York, and no one has to know anything anyway. Or you do what Jessica Jones does, and you just charge them and ignore the people you don't want to help. Well, that's the thing, is like, I think, is it, I think it's later, this episode or next episode, um, let me scroll down in my notes, <laughs> yeah. Never mind, this next episode. But I'll just reference it here. In the comics, he's a hero for hire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that would... That's a better choice, I think. At least if you're going to live in the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, you know, we, we kind of compare him a little right now to Jessica Jones in her season, right? She's at least living off of that. She has those skills for, um, you know, that. I mean, he could do hero type stuff for a mm-hmm. fair price, you know, like whatever um, Matt Murdock does, uh, but like charge actual money instead. Yeah. <laughs> what would be a fair price? <laughs> uh, I have absolutely no idea. I'm sure it would take him a couple of weeks to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I mean, it's on a per person basis. Yeah. I mean, it, that's also a slippery slope the other way though. Because what's different from him between him and Cottonmouth's people saying, uh, like paying protection money to uh, Cottonmouth or any crime boss? Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, also, at what point does that really like get into weird legalities too? Right, because the kind of stuff he's going to be doing to help is um, you know things like fighting Cottonmouth and his and his goons and. Like that's assault, um, yeah, yeah. That that's that's like things get really tricky there too. Well, they're already tricky. Whether or not you're getting paid for it, it's still assault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now now you're hired. Like now you're taking money to attack a person. Like I feel like that's worse. I don't know. We we spent a whole season of Daredevil season two ta- saying that you and I are not lawyers, but I feel <laughs> like that's worse to take the money to do it and i i don't know why yeah not i honestly i'm not sure i don't know if it's worse or it's the same mm-hmm. i think i think it might be the same but then the person who paid you can also get in trouble ah okay so it's just adding people to the to the crime yeah 
Okay. But that's again, that's based on my non-existent law, law degree. <laughs> yeah. Either way, he still needs to eat. So yeah, he should he should charge money to to help people and that kind of yeah. stuff. And if along the way, you know, something happens. I guess basically if he becomes a bounty hunter, right? There there are legal, you know, legal ways to do that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's at least a step in the right direction, even though it's not exactly the thing he'll be doing. Um, it probably will help him understand a little bit more. Yeah, I, I feel actually he would be a really good bounty hunter because there's no reason for him to ever do something that's fatal to somebody, not even in self-defense. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, he's got the strength to, like, hold someone, you know, back uh restrain mm-hmm. them basically um Twi- twist the bar around them like yeah. he keeps doing to guns mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah also he'll do that to their guns so he just has to take That's it true. from them and yeah. then there you go less collateral damage yeah i i really would like to see someone come at him with a like a shotgun or rifle and then him twist it into a knot a la a bugs bunny cartoon <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool yeah yeah <laughs> All right. Um, the last section I want to talk to you about with Luke is uh, Pop's funeral. Um, but this, and this kind of goes into cotton mouth, so we'll kind of blend into that too. Okay. But um, so yeah, so he uh, he shows up late. Um, luckily, his jacket he took it off after before every fight, so it has no bullet holes. It just mm-hmm. covers it all. He he was <laughs> thinking ahead. He knew that was going to happen. Oh yeah. I mean. One thing is, he gets dressed, and it seems like he gets dressed like six hours before the funeral, because he does a lot of work between that time. Why do you have to wear the suit? <laughs> uh, you know, if you have a suit, if you're looking that good, you wear the suit all as much as you can, right? Like, he, yeah. he's not thinking he's going to get another chance to wear this suit for a while, so you might as well enjoy it. Yeah, but you don't enjoy it when you know you're going to get shot. <laughs> yes, you're bulletproof, but the suit's not... <laughs> Well, that's why he takes the top off. That's true. Or the the jacket is that what it's called? The jacket. Okay. Yeah, the jacket. <laughs> I mean, he could also take the shirt off too. He uh, could, and that would have been a better decision. <laughs> that would have been very, very different of a, of yeah. a scene. Like, guy just shows up. Um, I'm imagining him when he goes to Harlem's Paradise because he, he gets there and he like he takes the jacket off and he puts it on, on mm-hmm. one of those chairs. Like, imagine if he just kept going. Like, oh, hold on, let me let me take the the shirt off to these like buttons. How about these pants? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, guys, hold on. <laughs> well, these are new boxers, so. <laughs> and then well. it would have diffused the entire fight. Yeah, exactly. Just a guy standing there in his socks. Yeah, <laughs> keep the socks on. Um, so he shows up with um, with a full, fully dressed in a nice suit with some holes in it. Um, and the first thing is he stops Aisha from killing Stokes, which was smart because I don't think she would have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also I like the competing um, speeches that Cornell and Luke give. Um. Cornell is very, uh, we need to stay inside. We need to just care about ourselves. We need to not worry about any outsiders or intruders, like pointing his finger at Luke as an out, as an interloper. Mm-hmm. Um, where uh, Luke comes up and his thing is about looking outward, standing up to bullies, and realizing that Harlem is not a place, 
is its people, much like Asgard is to Thor. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just like I liked I liked that. Maybe I'm a, a simple person. I like simple stories where the hero and the villain just stand up in front of everybody and say, "This is what I stand for, and this is how I'm going <laughs> to run things." Yeah, which which you know makes it very very easy to follow, right? That that's great for the audience. In real life, we know that that's not how that would go, but well, somewhat in a sense. But yeah, like because yeah. like so. Cottonmouth, like his his whole um, his speech, uh, like he was saying things. He was talking about, you know, people being attacked by foreign interlopers and people with arcane abilities. Like th- mm-hmm. those were the you know things he said. And you know, obviously he was talking about Luke Cage, but everyone was agreeing with him. Who did they think he was talking about? Like, did they? Did I don't I don't think they were thinking Luke Cage. Like I they were think probably they were. thinking. Hmm? What, what What do you think they were thinking? Well, I mean, they were probably thinking, um, you know, actual aliens and uh, the Hulk when he tore apart him and things like that. Like uh, I, I was thinking, yeah, much more to do with faith. I feel like they were thinking about the literal interloper, the devil, and evil forces coming from outside. Oh, that makes um, sense too, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, especially since, you know, they were having the funeral in the church. Okay. His 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 speech was very much like a old school was it fire and brimstone type preacher. <laughs> it very much was, yeah, yeah. All right, let's. I mean, uh, do we have anything more with Luke? Because we're kind of going to Cottonmouth, which I do want to keep talking about. But. Oh yeah, no, uh, I I'm I'm good. I don't have any other notes to bring up for Luke. Right. So yeah, let's go all to, in to our villain. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. What about turning the other cheek? Jesus saves. I don't. Do I have more than one villain? I do have more than one villain. Do our villains... All right. Um, so yeah, Cottonmouth. Um, we can just keep talking about Pop's funeral, and then we'll bounce back. Yeah, that sounds good. We're already here. Yeah. Um, his his main goal is to show that he is of Harlem. He is born, raised in Harlem, and anyone not from Harlem needs to get out of Harlem. Which is, um, counterintuitive to how you make a place better. You can't make a place better that had a hard, bad history by not bringing new things and new ideas in. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to grow, right? It needs to get rid of the the um, downsides that it has right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's, I think we've... I feel good about the funeral scene. <laughs> Unless you have anything else. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. All right. So back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's broke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the first scene that uh, he shows up. He's uh, uh, that this is where he says. I'm trying to remember. This is where he says like how much money he has, right? And he's down to like just a couple hundred grand, like two, three hundred. Yeah, uh, it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars left. Which, considering I can, cons- he considers that broke. 
that's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, all right. I mean, stop getting avocado toast in the morning. I guess I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That's that's why we millennials can't afford things. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I do. I feel for this guy, this this henchman who kind of um uh, talks about benign neglect and uh who I forget the civil rights leader who went to Nixon and said, you know, just let Harlem be itself and um don't worry about it just leave it alone and it might help it um and he gets shot for it <laughs> yeah so I, I i was thinking about this do you think that would have worked for like, Harlem like if, or for luke uh well specifically in this case for Cottonmouth, in terms of dealing with luke because um because because that's what he was suggesting right the, the guy was suggesting to uh cornell he was like hey what if we just like leave him alone? Cause it sounds like whatever we did to piss him off, he's we're, we're probably even in his mind. So let's, let's just stop and, and see where that leads. Yeah. Um, well, both in history and in this case, what they, if they did it to Luke Cage, it wouldn't have worked out in history. It didn't work out because that's how we got like, uh, poverty in minority areas. Uh, oh, generational yeah. poverty is because they just didn't the government didn't do anything to help them mm-hmm. um from for cottonmouth's perspective it wouldn't have helped because cottonmouth still wants to rule harlem and if he does anything not nice to the people of harlem luke cage will be there so yeah that's a good point i guess i i was i wasn't really thinking about what's the next thing cornell would do oh something luke cage would be opposed to okay yeah all right yeah um but in his pride he shoots the guy for even having the idea of not killing luke cage i mean this guy is horrible at brainstorming sessions you're supposed to at <laughs> least listen to every idea you know you, you write them on the board and then get rid of them obviously if it's not a thing that you're going to use but i mean yeah. ah, way to shoot the messenger I mean, if anything, it would have been better if all these people had the brainstorming session while wearing giant bear heads. Um, because that seemed to work. No one knew who got killed in the Avengers that we still haven't finished. <laughs> I was trying to remember what you're referencing. That's right. <laughs> that horrible movie. Someday we'll that, we'll do the other episodes. That's the last scene I've seen also. <laughs> them in the bear heads. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the end of the first section, yes. Ugh. <laughs> uh. So still in this scene, basically, um, you know, with Cornell talking about like how broke he is and all that. And, like, I I don't know how much money uh, Harlem's Paradise actually makes, if it does make money at all. Like maybe it breaks even or something like that. But like if he just sit, like hung up his hat right now on all, you know, gangster stuff and he he wanted to like go completely legit, I think it's possible, right? Like he must make some money from the club. At, at, at a minimum, I'm sure he's breaking even, like I said. But mm-hmm. there are other ways to make more money, right? Like, like maybe he can sell music, um, sign artists, and like kind of grow that as a thing. Um, I, I feel like if he wanted to, he he could, but he yeah. he doesn't. Like that that's his thing. That's his character, right? Like he wants to be, you know, big bad gangster guy in charge of things. 
Yeah, no, it's true. Um, uh, this one that I had later, when Shades recommends he sells his club, which he'll get like $3 million for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's too proud to do it because, in his words, no one black has ever done anything like this. He, it's it's all about his pride. He, um, which I think we've talked about before with Cornell a lot, is his pride precedes his fall in this um, show. Mm-hmm. Spoiler yep. alert, the bad guy loses. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. He definitely falls. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, he's like, he's too proud to do what he needs to do. He could sell Harlem's Paradise and do what he needs to do for Cottonmouth, or not Cottonmouth, for Diamondback. And then in a year, you could probably buy Harlem's Paradise back. Yeah, well, I mean, he would probably continually keep clashing with Luke Cage. So, no, like, I, I don't, I don't think things would would work out for him. I mean, um, going for it a little bit with the Judas bullet, you you sell Harlem's Paradise, you buy like six of those bullets, and then you definitely kill, kill Luke Cage. That I don't is, know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Luke Cage stupidity tax. In his words. <laughs> okay. He's planning to take 50% of all the money in Harlem. <laughs> yeah. Um, he has the phrase, if they got a dime, I want a nickel. Um, historically, henchmen in movies and TV, not very smart. Do you think these guys are just looking for nickels? And that's why <laughs> they don't get enough money? <laughs> no, no. Uh, they're looking for dimes. And they have clippers. <laughs> And they they just take that, or they take all the dimes, and then they're like, "All right, well, hold on, you've got four dimes here. I'll be right back." So then they go to the bank and then they exchange mm-hmm. them for a bunch of nickels, and then they give mm-hmm. them half of the nickels, nickels back. back. Yep. Yeah. So okay, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, th- this is one of those things. Like, like definitely, like I didn't think about it. Uh, the phrase that you said, uh, which I think is awesome, the stupidity tax right there or Luke Cage stupidity tax, like mm-hmm. because he's angry because he's lost all that money. Like now he's openly, you know, taking things out on Harlem. Like, I feel like he got lucky that the cops didn't figure this out sooner. Cause that's one of those things. Like, like he's like, it just leads to them. Right. Like if anyone, just one person calls the police and like, now they have some more reasons, more things to look into. And, Hell, Misty Knight is like heavily looking into him already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, there's seems to be this culture of no snitching. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, and also there are a more than one dirty cop. We already know about Scarf, but it seems to be more than the Scarf program problem. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta think. You call the cops. You know that Cornell has some of the cops in his pocket. Then they just come down on you harder. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. It's just, it's one of those things. Like eventually, like there's a limit, right? Like eventually, something gets so bad that you can't get away with more. Like at at whatever level you're at, right? Like I I, I assume that's how that works. I have mm. no idea. I mean, you'd think that. But you just look at the news and like 
the last year and this year, there are terrible things happening that people are so powerful they just get away with it. Yeah, that's true. But and and that's kind of what I was saying, like his level, right? Like at the yeah. the power level that he has, he can only get away with a certain amount. But I mean, yeah, that's right. true. That's why he's gonna try and get in good with Diamondback. Yeah, exactly. Like he needs help from someone else. And what was it a week or two ago? Um, there was the the other gang guy the hispanic guy who, domingo yeah domingo the, the dude with all the snickers bars or whatever um <laughs> like because i mean in his mind he's a much bigger level like he, he's probably at the level of diamondback i i don't actually know how this how that works we i, I don't think we ever get a, a full uh, organization full hierarchy chart. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i feel like domingo and um and Diamondback, or not Diamondback, and Cottonmouth are competitors. And they're, they're maybe on the same level, just showing disrespect because he can. Because he's got he's got uh, Diamondback on his side, probably. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like they're the same level. And then Diamondback's ahead above all of them. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. That, that kind of fits with the everything else we've seen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, do we have anything more with Cottonmouth that we want to talk about? No, no. That's it. All right, I've got one note for Shades. Okay. Uh, Shades, um, he... You really see how much he's undermining and um, squeezing Stokes on Diamondback's behalf. And I'm curious, because I know they probably get into it, but I don't remember. Like, what's his connection to Diamondback? Is he his right-hand man? Is he just one of his many henchmen, or what? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, he's probably, I don't know if he's right-hand man, but I, I mean, I don't remember either. Uh, he's probably close enough, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, he's trusted person. He's within the inner circle. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's all I had for our villains. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, no, I've got uh, nothing else to, to bring up there. So, yeah. All right. So, so now a word from our sponsors. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the Jerry. Hey, Tony, you know I love laser tag. And do you know the number one piece of equipment that you need to play laser tag? Um, shoes. Exactly. You need a nice suit. Do you own a nice suit, Tony? Shoes. <laughs> well, I'm glad one of us does, because I sure don't own one. And it's one of those things I feel like real adults have. For people like me, pretending to be a real adult, a real adult, we have a hero we can call. We have someone who can upgrade our laser tag game. We have Dapper Dan's suits. Dapper Dan can make suits for any occasion. Bar mitzvahs. Bot mitzvahs. Even laser tag. Dapper Dan also makes suits for women, which is great because they have pockets. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get a free pocket square. Please note, these suits are not bulletproof. Hey, I think this is the first time we've ever had a um a, a sponsor from a real person. Yeah, exactly. Finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh good good job there. Completely uh messing up my my script there you know asking you questions <laughs> <laughs> um i would never get it right anyway 
hey hey there, there was that one time you did or two times there was yeah. which was yeah. which was pure luck also all you had to do was answer that second question honestly do you own a suit <laughs> i do not own a suit okay <laughs> also in case anyone in case this surprises anyone at all our code will not actually work at dapper dan suits which i assume that's not his suit place but that's a real place he works <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. I did not like look any of that up ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. As I pull out my uh, internet browser to see if Dapper Dan Suits is a real thing. I'm and... I'm sure it is. Maybe not called that. Uh, it looks like there is something actually in the UK. So, um... Mm. So our code uh... does not work for them. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to work for, for any of these companies. All right, let's just move on. Um, yeah. and pray no one well, complains. No, Dapper Dan, our, our code only works for the ones in Wakanda and Sokovia, which Sokovia has been closed since 2016. So, or 15. <laughs> exactly. All right. So moving away from that to <laughs> the guy in the chair. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people. Abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. Uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with Claire. Good. She's on the top of my notes. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Same here. Uh, so she is a hard ass now. Like she is <laughs> right? not taking crap from anyone. Her purse gets stolen. No, no, no. She's getting that back. <laughs> well, this is something that she like. I think she grew up in Harlem, right? At least her mom lives there. So I yeah. gotta assume she did. Um, this is what she's used to. It's not blind guys fighting criminals or ninjas. <laughs> or bulletproof guys. She can handle a mugger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she can take on one person, you know, of a relative, um, you know, athleticism. Uh, mm -hmm. Every other bad situation we've seen her in, you know, you already mentioned ninjas. Um, I want to say season one of Daredevil, she was taken by, what was it, the Russians? The Russian Yes, mob? she was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but um, I did write that maybe she should be a hero instead of a supporting character as well. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think at some point we'll just reach that point where we just say, no, 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 she's up there now. There yeah, no I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward, like, in our schedule, thinking about what's coming up. It's like when we get to Doctor Strange, is is Wong a hero? We got we got to figure stuff out. Oh yeah, that's gonna get a lot harder with the movies. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like Claire and Misty, maybe maybe they should be a hero. But Claire Claire's job, she says later in this episode, she wants to dedicate her life to helping powered people. So that's literally support. Yeah, that, that's true. Um. That's so okay. So I, I was thinking about this. Like that seems like an interesting um, specialty for for mm -hmm. your for your job, right? Your career. Like you know, it's it's good to specialize, right? That always that helps that that niche them. Um, but how does she get a start, right? Like okay, so she I guess she can find Daredevil because she's worked with him. Yes, uh, and she just unluckily fell into helping Jessica Jones that one time. Mm-hmm. And is she going to go looking around for Luke Cage? Like, is that the plan? Like, is she just going to get these people and then and then help them how? Like, is that just to figure it out as you go kind of thing? 
yeah, I mean, in the comics, and like, I can't remember if it was Amanda Palmer or not Amanda Palmer. What what's the name of um Doctor Strange's not girlfriend in Doctor Strange? It's somebody yeah. Palmer. Yeah, I was trying to remember too. Uh, I I don't remember. Okay, I know Amanda Palmer is the lead singer of Dresden Dolls and Yogi wife. So I know it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it is. Um, but uh, Palmer and uh, I can't remember if it's Palmer or if it's Claire, but in the one of the Doctor Strange comic books I've read, there's a doctor's office run by the night nurse, because they've both gone by night nurse, who um, just, the waiting room was full of heroes waiting to get fixed up. So it's like she just had an office for what she was doing. <laughs> All right. Um, Christine Palmer is the character. Christine Palmer. Yep. Yeah, I knew it was something Palmer. Yeah. Um, I, I, the reason I'm not sure who it was in the comic is because it was Doctor Strange, the oath. And the whole fight scene with Doctor Strange going outside of his body and then fighting um, on the ethereal plane or whatever there was that's mm-hmm. straight from the oath the comic so i know that fight scene happens there oh cool awesome yeah <laughs> but yeah so yeah you just set up say it's for powered people and then where else are they gonna go daredevil can't go anywhere else <laughs> um spider-man yeah. would probably show up eventually yeah that's a good point and it, it, it's probably like a whole word of mouth thing too right like you're yeah. not going to be advertising this on tv um because you, you kind of want to keep it a little bit of a secret, right? Mm-hmm. You don't yeah, and just want people showing up. It's true. It's only a matter of time before the heroes team up. It just always happens every two to three years. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So so she's getting a start. She she's working on it. like she she's gonna build that business. Like okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think we covered everything I have for Claire. Unless you have anything else for her. Um, oh, uh, so I don't remember why I wrote down this note, but, uh, I wrote down that she is not superstitious and maybe she should be considering the situations that she keeps <laughs> ending up in. It's she true. Just, yeah. I think she, she just happens to meet Luke Cage that day or the next day. Yeah. I think it's the, the day after she shows up, but either way, um, yeah, I mean, there's something more than just chance. Um, maybe there's some god, you know, writing her life or something like that, as yeah. if she were on an entertainment program for other beings. But that's unlikely. So, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, she said that in reference to her mom talking about um, uh, fate and her mom practices Santeria, which is a um, not just a song by Sublime, <laughs> but it is a actual religion. Um, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um but, but yeah that, that's all i had for claire i don't know if you yeah i wrote something similar with that is like her faith is shaken she said the world isn't the world anymore because she's lived in a place with like heroes and aliens and gods and stuff so you can't believe anything anymore anything could be true and as we've seen in the mcu most things are true <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's true i mean religions um and other things too. Uh, I guess so far we haven't seen other types of monsters. Uh, we will see vampires at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen two Hulk-like things. 
Those are pretty monsterly. We've seen elves in London yeah. or in England, not London. Um, um, we've seen, let's see, at this point, we're about to see AI, like robots trying to take over the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, um, magic with uh, at least um, a Scarlet Witch, because I'm, I'm in Doctor Strange a few years later. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing not to believe anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, moving on from Claire, I've got notes about Misty. Okay. What have you got? Yeah. Um, that she really wants to believe that her partner is not working for Cottonmouth, which is sad because her partner is totally working for Cottonmouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then how she goes off on Luke after at the end of the thing is saying that they're pretty much starting a war between them two, which is completely true. And Harlem's going to be caught in the middle. Yeah, and it already was. Like this episode was that. It was the start of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Misty wasn't in this episode as much. Uh, do you have anything else for Miss Knight, Detective Knight? <laughs> no, um, but I do have something for Scarf. Um, just oh. like because he is under investigation, like that—that's good. Like people are doing their jobs. Like they—they they notice, like, oh, hey, there's this pattern. We should look into this. So that—that that part was actually kind of nice to to see. But that—that's all I yeah. got there. Yeah, we got a little bit of uh, a little bit more about Scarf and the police department, but we'll talk about that in the twelve percent. Okay. Um, yeah. The last thing I want to talk about for supporting characters is Bobby Fish. Um, he has something, I, a quote in this that I really like. Uh, something I actually, except for the last part, I tell the kids a lot at work, especially kids who have you know, some more emotional problems or are very proud like these people. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't, you can't control what people say, just be the best man you can be, and always make sure they spell your name right. Except <laughs> for the last part. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I guess that's true. It, sometimes it's okay if people misspell your name. You know, I get uh, Rodriguez a lot with a Q. Yeah, um, I get the with a S at the end instead of a Z. So, eh. yeah, no. Um, little thing about names. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could know something came from my work is because they spelled my last name C A M E R E N A instead of C A M A R E N A. Um, I have this art piece that the kid from work made me which is a router um that they probably stole or never returned to comcast (laughs) (laughs) um but painted because i'm the head of technology at my work and painted on it is a bunch of D &D stuff and uh like computer stuff and classroom stuff and it's just a bunch of artwork from the kids (laughs) and i'm just like uh thank you mr camarina spelled incorrectly so i'll always know even if i change work i'll know exactly where this came from Everyone spells my name freaking wrong. <laughs> or, or at unnamed school that I will edit out the name of the school I work at. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else for our supporting characters? <laughs> no, no, I've got nothing else. All right. All right. Now for our final 12% of the plan. Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself 12% of the credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the 
heavy lifting. Literally, I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. <laughs> Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what is better than 11%? What the hell does that have to do with anything? Um, my one thing is the New York Police Department in Harlem, right here, in Luke Cage, is the most competent police in pop culture. Because they figured out really quickly the scarf is probably dirty. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably been a few years, but at least they, they figured it out. Yeah, well, from what we've been seeing, it's been half a season. This would last like four or five seasons if it was on a regular TV. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all I had for my 12%. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah, everything I had, we've already talked about. So I'm good to move on and rate the episode. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost your best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, uh, what? Okay, Al. So, Al, how many championship rings would you give this episode? <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I, I really liked it. I, I'd go up to four. Four out of five rings. Okay. I love this episode. This is the platonic ideal of what a Luke Cage episode should be. I give this a five out of five. Oh really? All right. I yeah. after I said four, I realized I should probably go up a little higher, like four and a half. But uh, okay, yeah. yeah, I feel like it's you know it's my one of my favorite things is just a hero being a hero doing his job, <laughs> um, Claire being a badass, and then um, that the two speeches between Luke and Cottonmouth is just like this is my favorite episode. Of what I remember, there might be more episodes that are better, but across the two seasons of The Cage, this is the one I remember as being my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you on, like, all of those points, right? Like, um, you know, we also just see... It, I don't want to say it's like Luke Cage having fun, but you know, it's, it's, he's using his powers. He's doing cool hero stuff. Like we don't see that as often in, in TV shows as we want. Right. Cause I assume that those things are expensive, uh, but yeah. Yeah. All right. You ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Let's wrap it up. All right, everyone. Um, please join us next week. When we will be talking about uh, Luke Cage season one, episode six suckers need bodyguards. Uh, and until then, please remember to follow us on Twitter. We are at MCU underscore rewind. And please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Uh, this has been uh, Luke Cage Season 1, Episode 5, Just to Get a Rep. This is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, signing off. Have a marvelous Money day. was scared, so he panicked. Took off his link and his rings and ran frantic. For sure, he said, nah, pull the trigger and step. It was nothing. He did it just to get a rep. Now he's known for his trigger finger, rolling with troops of his...